So hello everybody, welcome to uh, episode eight, 18 of uh, PHP Town Hall. Um, we've all just spent the last hour fucking around with Google Plus because it is the, a ludicrous system. So if you've been trying to watch this live, we really do apologize. Um, we've done a few of them and it seemed to work okay, but this time it was not playable. This is our third different video, uh, third different chat, and it's taken a full on hour. But the good news is we are joined with two awesome guests so that should make up for all the problems. Uh, we have Sarah Goldman of HHVM and Facebook fame, and uh, we have uh, Joe Watkins, the man, uh, the legend behind P Threads and uh, PHP Debugger. Um, so, uh, hello guys, how you doing? Hi. Uh, Frustrated, but fortunately, I've had time to calm down after being furious at Google. So I'm, yeah. I'm already past the curve. <laughs> That was that was quite unlike anything I've ever had to uh, go through with Google Plus, so I, I do apologise once again. Um, before we start off, actually, Sarah, what's, can you explain what's on your wall back there? Uh, back on my wall here. Um, for those of you familiar with the Grumpy Cat meme, this is Grumpy Cat, or at least my attempt to redraw him. I think I, I did okay with that. Um, and this was actually originally a um, autograph I did for Grumpy programmer Chris Hartjes. Uh, in my extending embedding PHP book, because I wrote an ex PHP extension once, I hated it. <laughs> it was uh, awful. That's that's what it's supposed to be. Yeah, I mean, and Joe, have you had any? You've you've done a fair bit of that, haven't you? What? Yeah, writing extensions for PHP. How much fun oh, is yeah. it? It's much fun. Yeah. Yeah. It's good. Okay. Well, we'll get back to that a little bit later on. What else have you got on your wall there? Uh, I've got the infamous PHP double claw hammer. <laughs> and, uh, I, I well, may be familiar with the shirt that you're producing. That's a pretty, um, cool, uh, pretty cool, pretty cool drawing, yeah. I, I felt like I needed some kind of backdrop here, and uh, all the you know code bits that were on there were, were less interesting. Yeah, definitely. I've got some random stuff on there. I've got a painting that uh, one of my friends did, which is of the American flag. So I think I'm going to be called a traitor now. Oh, is that what uh, that is? Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's I kind it was of like a, bridge works or something. It's like an oh, Nazi, there we go. The Nazi thing. Um, but uh, yeah, that's good fun. Joe, you are losing this game of having random stuff in in the screen. You didn't plan ahead. I didn't. I didn't. Speaking, cool. speaking of planning ahead, um, I probably <laughs> generally lose at that. <laughs> so, excellent. Uh, it's good to have you guys here. Uh, you guys have been working on some really awesome stuff recently. Um, uh, I guess one of the first things we should talk about is PhD, uh, PHP Debugger. Um, and I guess the first question, Joe, what is PHP Debugger and who is it for? Well, um, it's for the same kind of people that use Xdebug now, but Xdebug goes about things differently. Instead of Xdebug changes the environment, it even changes the instructions you're executing um, in order to provide what it does. So rather than do that, which is quite quite intrusive, um, it aims to be the environment rather than rather than change the environment. So um, it's much easier for, to provide step through debugging and good break points and stuff like that if you don't have to change everything around it. Uh, so it's for the same sort of people but uh, just in a, in a different kind of way. Um, I'm quite used to debugging code with a proper debugger because that's how you debug code. 
Um, <laughs> that sounds like a pretty logical way of looking at it. Yeah, I mean, I, so I suppose for anyone not familiar with Xdebug, um, it's an Xdebug's an extension for PHP, which you can uh, you can just like enable in your environment, and then it kind of latches on to to various different points in the in the execution of uh, whatever SAPI you're using. So if you're using it with uh, mod PHP in Apache, or you're using it over the command line, like Xdebug kind of hooks into to that SAPI, and then um, do you say SAPI or SAPI? I, whatever. SAPI. SAPI. Okay, cool. I usually just type this stuff in IRC when I'm arguing with people. I don't actually say it out loud. Um, so yeah, it kind of hooks into the SAPI and does stuff, uh, which is a bit of a kind of a, not necessarily a very efficient way of doing things. And it's um, it's a bit of a it's it's not bad. It's just a different way of doing things. So with with um, with PHP debugger, it's pretty much a custom designed or like a specifically designed SAPI purely for debugging instead of being your normal SAPI with like hooked on latches for, from an extension. I think I might have done a really bad job of explaining that too. Uh, but no, no, I mean, that's basically it, a long and short bit, yeah. That's basically it. That's cool. And what made you want to build that? What what did you feel was lacking with tools that are available? Um, well, I don't really like um, I don't really like Xdebug because I don't really do remote debugging. Um, it's good at that. Xdebug is very good at that. Um, and it's got good IDE support as well, which, which PHP doesn't have yet. But it probably will do, but it doesn't yet. Um, I don't do remote debugging. I do work mostly on the command line. And I'm used to the things that GDB does. I consider that a debugger. So I just wanted that. And uh, it was only meant to be like a, a weekend thing, and then it worked out quite nicely, and we decided it was good enough to sort to to finish and, and keep. Um, <coughs> there's nothing wrong with Xdebug; it's it's very good. Uh, it's very powerful. Uh, it's got lots of things that it does, but you, you pay for that, um, and the, your code's not the same anymore. Uh, in a way, when you debug code with Xdebug, you're kind of debugging X. You're kind of debugging Xdebug. You know, you you, you profile in Xdebug because it changes everything so much. Uh, right, right. So I just I just didn't want to do that um, in order to get the, the same the same features. So that was the idea. Well, surely um, PHPDBG has to do some amount of reaching into the engine internals, like if you're setting a breakpoint or something like that. It doesn't um, change the operators though. It um, actually re-implements um, oh. the Zend execute function, so okay. it is actually the, that 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 function. So so it just gets control over that switch where where it goes in and out of the VM, so it doesn't right. have to touch any operators. That sounds pretty cool. Um, I, my next question was going to be, what is the uh, what's the most equivalent tool in other languages? So is there something in Ruby or Python that you modeled this around, I guess you said J, J something? Oh, GDB. That's the C debugger. Um, HHVM's got a debugger, mm -hmm. um, which is pretty much the same. Oh, um, you just copied Sarah. No, I actually <laughs> genuinely didn't. Uh, we wrote it, and then and then we noticed it was kind of the same, so we, made, we, we did sort of make some of it the same. But... <laughs> We came up with the idea independently, and then someone said to us, oh, have you seen this? And then that was when I saw the, the blog post saying HHVM had one. 
That's well, you probably yeah. modeled it heavily on GDB, which is like the the standard for debuggers. Yeah, right? it's the standard debugger. Turns out we did the same thing. <laughs> I was going to say, this sounds a lot like um, when uh, both Pixar and some other company, Disney or somebody, one of them made A Bug's Life and the other one made Ants completely independently and they came out in like the same month and they're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> it's the same movie. I'm um, sure there was an executive producer who knew about the other one and just didn't want to admit it. Yeah. They, they always do that in pairs like that. <laughs> sneaky, sneaky. Um, so... Yeah. I mean, yeah, you made that in uh, as like a bit of a weekend project, and I guess it, it probably took a little bit longer after you first started hacking around with it. But uh, it's on what not three not now, so it's getting pretty close. How how far off do you oh, think yeah, it's I mean, from it's, like a final it's stable one? Enough. Uh, well, um, it's stable enough. It's got all the features we wanted it to have. The the only things that are being planned now are pretty geeky uh, watch points. Uh, which, which are nice, but uh, yeah. it's not something I'm writing, someone else is writing that for it. Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's usable now. It's, it's, it does basically the things that the things that you use from GDB, it does now. Yeah. And anything else is just frivolous, really. Hmm. That's cool. I mean, I spoke to you before about um, uh, could, it, could it provide a basic web server? Like, is it going to do that sort of thing? And you said that it, it could in the future, like, help integrate with a web server because... One of the things I really like about um, uh, Ruby is, uh, I can't remember how it actually works, but a Ruby fanboy showed me a while ago. And you can put in kind of breakpoints in the um, in your files in a certain way. And then if you're using the built-in Rails server, then it just stops execution at that exact point, And then you can just start dumping out variables and messing around with things. And that is amazingly powerful, uh, as, as I'm sure you know. So I, I realized that the debugger wouldn't be a PHP server itself, but would it be able to integrate with the uh, built-in development server to offer that sort of functionality, or is that not even vaguely on the roadmap? Well, you see, the built-in development server is not like a full-blown server with an API and, and things. It's like something that they sort of, not shoehorn, but, but it's not, it was never designed to be extensible when and work with everything else. It was just designed to just give you a development server. Right. So um, I think it could happen, but it couldn't happen in its current form. You, you, you'd, have, you'd have to probably it would just be better just to write a server uh, around it uh, rather than try to reuse the the or work on the development one so that it can do that. But it was never really designed for that, so um, it doesn't do that. It can do a kind of remote debugging now, uh, but not like um, xDebug does it. It just basically sends input and output over the network with a socket there, sort of iNetD style. Um, um, so that that means you can connect to it from remote machines. But the server thing wasn't because, um, like I said, it's 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 for the console really. But you can. Yeah. You can emulate a, a web request quite easily because a web request is just an environment with, with some super global set and some other variable set. So it's not like it's it's impossible to mock anyway. And it, it, you've even got more control over it if, you, if you're mocking it because because well for obvious reasons you've got more control over it. Um, so there's 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 not that that much incentive to put all the hard work into um, developing the the built-in server, because that would just complicate the built-in server, it works fine. So. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I guess the one argument against that is, Rails has it, we want it. 
<laughs> yeah. But we want the shiny thing. No, that's fair. Gimme, gimme, yeah. Um, well, actually, a, a random quick question, dude. Which, uh, which part of the UK are you from? Uh, Kent. Oh, okay. I was trying to work <laughs> the accent out. Uh, <laughs> never mind. That's just, uh, that's just something for me. The rest of the community probably aren't too bothered about that. Um, <laughs> I was assuming he was from somewhere further north, but... Uh. Yeah, it's a bit of an interesting accent. I wouldn't have said Kent. There were bits of it that made you sound like, you know, the southeast, but uh, who knows. My accent has apparently gone Americanized, and people, I say different words weird, and I don't understand what that means, but... Uh, never mind. Do you have anything else you want to talk about with PHP Debugger, or should we get on to HHVM? You just get on to the HHVM, yeah. Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, so yeah, keep keep on like uh, jump in with questions. This should be like a, a three-way chat and not just me asking stuff. Um, but uh, I've got a couple questions so I want to ask you, Sarah. Uh, so you're involved obviously with HHVM. I think you said the other day like you are HHVM. So you're pretty much well, leading that project. Or I, I didn't want to say that in the sense of like oh I am HHVM. Just more of like I have my loyalties to PHP and I have my loyalties to HHVM, and they're not at odds. They're you know, we're all trying to make an awesome language. Um, so that's all that's I meant cool. by that. I didn't mean to say that I am the project. There's actually a whole <laughs> bunch of us on it. Um, there's me and a couple of other people doing sort of the open source side of things. And then there's a group of people doing performance stuff. And then there's a group of people doing um, extensions to the language, uh, new stuff like hack that I'm not talking about. Nice. Um, well, OK, that's a shame you're not drinking, because we could try and pry it out of you. but. Uh... If, if you could just do a really quick, like, 30-second introduction to what is HHVM for somebody that's been living under a stone and doesn't know what it is. Yeah, well, you know, it's, it's, it would be fair if you didn't know what HHVM was, because we really have only kind of started pushing and, and, and uh, talking about it uh, uh, really publicly in the past year or so. Um, HHVM is a complete re-implementation of the PHP language and runtime. So everything's rebuilt from scratch. And uh, the idea was to make a... Uh, execution engine that could at least match um, to code that had been written in C or C++ or possibly even uh, exceed it. Basically, get rid of the performance bottleneck pieces that are in PHP. Obviously, you still have blocking socket and, and network requests and things like that, but anything that is the language should be pulled out of that, um, that delay stack. So what we've done is we've built something that goes through a few steps. Uh, the first step looks a lot like PHP. We take the, the source code you, that you write, turn that into bytecodes, and we have a, a virtual machine that will run those bytecodes one through the next. That's just like how PHP works. And then on the end of that, we have a JIT that takes all those machine codes, figures out all the different ways they can branch and fit together, and we create a native x86 code out of that. And so the code that actually ends up running in production is as fast as if you'd written in C and you had GCC compiling that into machine code because it's going through basically the same set of process, uh, same set of steps. Sweet. So it goes fast. It goes fast. <laughs> it makes PHP fast is the TLDR version of that. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, so for a lot of people, uh, they, it, it's, it could be fair that if there's some people that are confused about exactly where HHVM fits in next to actual PHP, and that would be right. a fair confusion to have. Uh, mostly mm -hmm. because PHP is essentially two things. And in fact, most languages are known as two things. There's usually the, the, the language and the syntax, and then the implementation of that language. And in mm -hmm. Python, in Python by 
by default, usually when people refer to Python, they're talking about the Python language, which is a specification, and C Python, which I think is the most common one. Um, but there's also R Python and PyPy and all these other different implementations mm -hmm. or different engines for the same language or similar. And similar with Ruby does that as well a lot. Right, yeah, they've got Iron Ruby and a bunch of other things. So it's pretty common and PHP doesn't really have this. I mean it's we have the same idea, like PHP is both the language and the syntax and all the shit that you see, and then the Zend engine, which I think replaced some other earlier on engine. I I don't know that far back, but the Zend engine is like the default uh, default what do you call it, like the reference implementation? It is the it's only implementation. I wouldn't even like cite the Zend engine as separate from the runtime because they're so tightly coupled that the main PHP runtime, the stuff that gives you the functions like, you know, stir replace and things like that, is almost a one-to-one -one mapping to the Zend engine. So I wouldn't even separate those anymore. Um, okay. There are a few other implementations out there, things like Failinger, um, there was, oh, what was the name of the other one? Um, it has seven in the name somewhere. It was a really weird name, but there, there are a couple of re-implementations of P. Um, Could you send me some links to those so I can put them in the show notes if you remember? Them. I will try to dig them out, yes. Um, cool. Uh, yeah, so, uh, Joe, what were you going to say? You're about to hop in there with something saying that the, like, the functions well, STR. I was just saying there is a myth that Zend and PHP are separate, and everyone talks about it, but they're not. They're, no. they're not. They're the same thing. Uh, at various points, we've tried to make a nice, clean separation layer, but every time somebody spends a lot of effort to making that separation layer, it ends up degrading and going away. Yeah. Um, if you look through PHP source tree, you'll see references to things called PVALs. PVALs were supposed yeah. to be the PHP agnostic version of a ZVAL, which is what represents um, variables inside PHP. And see that? I used your terminology for the last letter in the alphabet. <laughs> Excellent. Um, yeah, so I think uh, the the separation of, of PHP and Zend is just purely imagined. And it's like what, what it really could be. Um, it, like the, all the functions, most of the syntax are just how Zend engine works. So realistically at the moment, I suppose yeah. PHP just is Zend engine. But Something I saw on internals fairly recently, which I'm sure is a recycled conversation, which has come up many times in the past, is that people would uh, like to bring HHVM into um, into, into it, like as a kernel. I oh, want that to have, discussion. Yeah. Well, yeah. Whether <laughs> whether that specific discussion was crazy or not, what what I think what was ended what? up being talked about was it would be great if PHP could be defined as a spec, and then mm -hmm. the engines would implement that spec, and that's a crazy in a perfect world. We can be like Python, and we can write a pet for the spec of PHP syntax. And it would be insanely hard, and I have no idea who would run it. But theoretically, do you guys think that would be a, a good thing, maybe for PHP 6? Well, the first thing I want to answer there is, is about that, the question. And the way the question was, was phrased specifically um, says something about the person who, who posted it. Um, they said, can we, can, is it time for HHVM to be merged into PHP? That question by itself is completely wrong, because they're two completely separate implementations, and I think part of that um, perception issue that you were talking about earlier, you know, what is HHVM? Is it something that you add into PHP like Zend Optimizer or APC? No, it's actually a completely different thing, and merging it isn't even the right question to ask. Um, if the right question to ask is, is it time for HHVM to become PHP 6, or more likely 7, because I don't think there will be a 6, um, <laughs> 
that's a that's a wholly different question to ask, um, and that that requires a lot of work yet. Um, to the question you asked of, um, you know, does it make sense to have a formal PHP spec for the language that different implementations can follow? Absolutely. Um, we've act, we we sort of keep coming back to well, what's PHP doing? Are we not matching them correctly? Let's make sure our syntaxes are alike. And we have something like a spec for that purpose. Um, but it's it's a necessarily fuzzy thing because the Zend engine keeps moving. Um, I think it would be really valuable both to the PHP project and to other implementations to have a formal spec to follow. But like you say, that's a lot of work. And somebody's going to have to do that work and keep it up to date. Yeah. Um, Joe, I mean, I guess, do you have anything to throw in on that? Yeah, I guess the other thing to say is that part of the strength of PHP is the enormous amount of extensions. Mm -hmm. So putting a spec out there might allow others to implement the language, but it won't allow them to put in all the effort to implement all the extensions that there are. So that's that's the only other thing to say about that. It's, it's, a, it's a massive task to, 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 to re-implement all of what you get when you download PHP. So it's not just a spec and an right. Yeah, like if you compare it to Python, I mean, Py Python is really easy to write another implementation of because it's just the language, and then yeah. you import the modules, which tend to be written in Python. Uh, PHP is not that kind of a beast. PHP right. is this massive, bloated mass. And it's my turn to use a tautology. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, with with the Python, uh, with with Python, you can implement the modules, which is nice and easy, obviously. Um, but they have they have the same problems that we'd have if if PHP was to become a, a spec. Um, with C uh, C Python, you can't include any modules that are written as uh, th there's a lot of C extensions, just like we have, mm. and you can't include those. So if you're using uh, Jython or uh, Iron Python, then tough can <laughs> can't use them. Um, so that would be a bit of a pain. For us, obviously. Well, I'll tell you, we we've actually run into that thing because um, HHVM being a re-implementation means we have to re-implement all of the runtime, every extension, everything like that. Yeah. Uh, one of the guys on my team, Paul, has written something he calls XZend Wrapper. Um, the idea is to be something source compatible, so that you can take any PHP extension, drop it into our source tree, and it'll just not only compile but actually work correctly. So. Um, Every function call will map all the things correctly. They'll become zvals, and the return values will map back into variants. Um, in practice, it only seems to work for about 30% of extensions. <laughs> That's more than zero. That's better than a kick in the teeth, isn't it? So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. Um, yeah, so some, something when we were talking about HHVM over Twitter, um, I, I think I made some generalizations about the way, oh, you can see my girlfriend wandering around in the back. Say, say hello, Kim. Hi, Phil's girlfriend. <laughs> um, yeah, there she goes. She's, she's gone. <laughs> um, yeah, so we're, we're, I was talking about um, someone, someone was suggesting that HHVM could well be the new version 6. And I was saying without a specification, um, it becomes a little bit tricky to do because quite often you'll see the people from the PHP group who want to work on a certain feature and um, and they want it to work a certain way, and then other times there'll be a feature that you guys want, like um, some of the features, I guess, return types for functions and methods, right? Mm -hmm. you, you wanted that, so you guys kind of worked on that feature. Um, and the PHP internals group pretty much said, no, we don't want that, or we can't do that now, or whatever. 
So while they were still kind of working on how that would actually work or talking about it, you guys kind of implemented that. Um, mm -hmm. And what I ended up saying, I think probably sounded more exaggerated than I meant, but I was pretty much saying um, with the PHP group, they obviously have uh, BC is a massive interest for them. Like, you know, backwards mm -hmm. compatibility is the, the utmost, uh, most important thing in most decisions that they make, which is great. Um, but with, with HHVM, it still hasn't got a version out. So you guys can kind of do what you like. And I guess that was based around my interpret, uh, my perceptions of HHVM early on when there were bigger changes being thrown around. And, mm -hmm. and now it seems like you kind of, you kind of brought it back a little bit and brought it closer in line with the current implementation of, of PHP. Like, is, is that about accurate in the, in the path of HHVM or am I just talking shite? Um, no, you're completely, you're completely right. Um, so we, we, we share some of, of PHP's, um, backwards compatibility concerns. We want as much PHP code that's out there in the wild to run on us as possible. So we try to avoid breaking anything by saying, well, we're just not going to do that. Like integer to float promotion is something that PHP does. We don't do that. Your integers will just wrap around once you reach it max. Um, those are few and far between. But at the same time, we have these set of features that we want to include in the language, so we're adding them in. And if and when PHP actually gets around to um, adding something similar, the actual implementation may or may not be the same thing. Um, generators are a good example of that. We implemented generators a few years ago, and then Nikita came along and said, hey, I think we should put generators into PHP. Here's my proposal for what that looks like. That initial proposal actually looked, ended up looking just different enough to make trying to write a generator for either implementation difficult. Um, so I asked him very nicely, can we just change this one little thing so that they're, they're compatible and he was amenable to that. Um, so that worked out well enough there, but there can easily be situations where that doesn't work out. Return type tints are probably a good example of that. Uh, we've got them at the end of the declaration. You do colon, blah, uh, which I believe is the way Pascal does it in a few other languages. Um, there were a couple of proposals up that put it between the function keyword and the actual function name in the declaration. Um, some with uh, you know, alligator brackets, some with parentheses. Um, if that were to happen, we'd have a problem. Uh, the way that we're trying to avoid having that be a problem is we actually have two operating modes. We've got the PHP mode, which you start your files with, you know, less than question mark PHP. Um, and that is really, really close to normal PHP syntax. Um, I think there's, there's still a couple of minor differences, but we, it's really close. Then we've got the hack mode, which is less than question mark HH. And this is where we've got all the fancy new uh, features that are specific to HHVM, like all this extra type hinting and things like that. So the idea is if you've got some piece of code that is written for PHP and you want to run it on HHVM, well, it's already got the PHP open tag in the top, so it's going to run in PHP mode, and no problem. If you want to write code that ha takes advantage of all these extra features, you throw the HH on the top, and okay, now it only runs under HH, but it runs. So, um, trying to turn the saddle that a bit. That that sounds like a pretty good way of doing it. I mean, if you have this new file type that can handle new stuff, and otherwise it will run pretty much exactly the same. Um, one question that I wanted to ask was, uh, 
which which version of PHP would you say HHVM is most like? Because there was a while when it was only 5.2, 5.3, somewhere around then, and most of the new functionality added in hadn't been implemented. That's probably like a year ago now or something. I don't remember. But what is it currently most like? Is it 5.5-ish? or? So syntax-wise, if you want to peg us to a version, I would peg us to 5.4, although we do have some 5.5 things. Like generators, um, I guess. Yeah, the the one five five thing we're missing right now is the finally keyword. Um, we don't handle those yet, but we do plan to handle them soon. Um, and then you could call our syntax five five. Um, the fuzzy part of the question is that again, PHP and Zen really aren't separate things. The the runtime is tied to the to the syntax. So our runtime support um, is a bit all over the map depending on what extension you're looking at. Uh, we've got a whole bunch of standard implemented. Um, the the, the always-on extensions are generally pretty close. Um, Intel is missing about half of its functionality, for example. Um, I've been working hard on that, but there's a lot to implement. It's a huge extension. Um, Sorry, which extension is that? Uh, the Intel extension, all the ICU stuff. Oh, okay, yeah. Um, yeah like date formatter, number formatter, blah, 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 blah. Oh, dear. And like... Um, yeah, just all the different international stuff. Uh, and they all and they all interact and plug in together, and they all and the date time stuff fits into Intel date time back and forth, and um, it, it it makes it a really delicate beast to deal with. Hmm. That is tricky. Um, mm -hmm. There's a couple of questions actually that I, I guess I, I meant to ask and kind of skip past. Um, with uh, what was I going to talk about? Shit, that that faded fast. Um, <laughs> Goddamn. With, uh, with, yeah, you're talking about PHP 6, and is that going to happen? Joe, what do you reckon is going oh. on there? Because I know that it, uh, PHP 6 has become this, like, scared, everyone just doesn't want to touch it. Like, I, I realized that it was meant to have Unicode support, and then they couldn't quite work that feature out. So everyone bailed on PHP 6. And... It's not that Jack look? It's not that they couldn't work it out. It could be worked out, but you didn't really want it. Yeah. Well, no, I heard that people were basically against the idea of adding UTF-8 support because it wouldn't have covered all of the use cases. So then the old alternative was UTF-16, which would have been slow, and therefore something, something, terrible. we don't have it. Is that... It would, have been, it would have been terrible. Most people don't actually need what, what, was, what was being done. Uh, mm -hmm. So it just wasn't necessary. Is that a case of people over-engineering situation like if, if UTF-8 gets a lot of people by and covers most use cases or at least a lot more use cases than having no UTF support whatsoever would it not be good just would it, wouldn't it be good enough to add UTF-8 and then maybe have some support for other UTF-8 levels in the future than just have nothing and say fuck it it's hard let's not bother well what would you call adding UTF-8 because every string in PHP is just a string of, of binary data and it can be UTF-8 if that's what you add so what do we call adding UTF-8 support? Is that just every string that is set is automatically validated to be yeah. valid UTF-8 sequences? Well, what about the data that you don't want to be? Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, I, I don't need to tell you the, uh, you guys this stuff. Like in Python, they have like a little U at the start, and then that mm -hmm. marks the string as some other type. And yeah. I'm sure you guys consider that stuff, but what, um, what was the reasoning against going against something like that? Would it just not fit in with the PHP way, or, or? Well, I, th I think the the vote against just making Unicode strings the UTFA validated basically um, really didn't bite much of anything. Um, there are there are ways to 
validate that your input is correct. Um, when dealing with data that like comes from the server, like all the, the query string stuff, um, you can't necessarily apply UTF-8 validation to that at the front because you don't know that you've got UTF-8 coming in. Um, and the, the ways of guessing uh, encodings are not reliable, um, even in the best of cases. Right. So right. those wind up being binary strings until you've actually explicitly said, okay, here it is as a, as a Unicode string. Um, so it doesn't, it just doesn't buy you much of anything. Um, if we went to a UTF-16, uh, representation underneath the covers, that might have bought us a little bit more because we could, uh, build s some better functionality in, in terms of, like, Sterling gets properly overloaded to, to, to check the UTF-8 string length. But that deals poorly with anything outside of the basic multilingual plane, and it also doubles your memory requirements for most strings. Which and is perfect. Um, yeah. And it, there's, there's nothing that's really a good win anywhere. No. You didn't okay. win it. <laughs> well, okay, so regardless if UTF-8 was, was just not helpful or, or not doable, whatever it was, uh, regardless of that, like that was the main thing that killed off PHP 6. So for the, for the longest time, it's looked like we weren't going to have a PHP 6 because of that, like because somebody at some point said, UTF, uh, UTF-8 or UTF support is going to go, Unicode string support is going to go into PHP 6. Right. It seems like we've now blocked ourselves from ever really being able to have a, a PHP 6. Are we really going to go to 7? Is that a consensus? Because like, I know, we kind no of, when we were on 5.3, we had loads of space. We had 5.4, 5.5, but now we're on 5.6. We're kind of running out of, running out of minor patch, uh, minor levels to get there. Well, no, no, no. The, the, the version numbers are, aren't going to be stopped at nine. Like you can have five, yeah, 10, 11, I know, I know, but <laughs> there's a certain expectation that at some point we're going to have to get out of the, uh, the five level. Well, getting out of the five level, whatever we go to, be it six or seven or whatever, um, means having some significant change in the language. Um, four to five was a significant change in the language because now objects are no longer, uh, cloned by default. Um, three to four was a big change in the language because the the entire semantics of of the uh, the engine were changed, and that cha had downstream effects all over the place, um, especially with extensions. Uh, three PHP three extensions were not compilable on PHP four, for example. Hmm. Um, like, what would justify this is like a whole new PHP? Um, nothing that has gone into four, uh, five four, five five, or five six, or even five seven is looking like that. They're all incremental things, um, extra uh, runtime stuff, maybe a few uh, syntax changes like adding finally and things like that, but they're not massive. That makes sense. I mean, I've seen, I feel like I've seen a few, sorry, Joe, did you have something to say on that? Oh, you're just saying? No. <laughs> yeah, just, just agreeing really that you need something big to, to, to call it a new, a new, a new version. And when, when people mention stuff and if it's, if, if you get the reply, oh, Let's leave it for PHP six. That basically means they they don't want it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's exactly why I was asking this line of questioning because I've 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 started paying attention to PHP terminals a bit more recently, and I've I started getting involved in a couple of conversations. Like Joe, I feel like I I helped out a tiny bit with the PHP debugger when people were just getting confused, and I kind of just left a reply explaining what it was for and things, and and that kind of helped. So yay for that. Um, but I've been paying a little bit more attention to like what's been happening with internals and. And I've uh, I've seen a lot of discussions that that seem to go that way. Like you, people discuss the wares and why fours and the pros and cons, and then eventually someone just says, 
ah, no, we should probably put that in PHP 6, which seems like a really polite way of saying get fucked. Like, it, they, they just kind it of is. dump it off to PHP 6. It, it, it kind of is, but at the same time, once enough of them are piled up in the corner, and we keep saying, oh, yeah, we'll have that in PHP 6, once enough of them are piled up in the corner, then we will have enough changes mm-hmm. that amount up to, to a significant change. Like, I, the engine exceptions and things like that, you know, they're, they're big backwards compatibility breaks that you can't possibly mm-hmm. put in now. So, so yeah, and eventually it will, it will have to come to this, something. This again was was something I was about to ask. So the the one the most recent and prominent example I have of someone saying ah oh, six was the um, engine exception stuff when when uh, Nikki was trying to make it so that you know fatals get handled as uh, as exceptions that would be a great start. And then he was talking about maybe making more and more things start to throw exceptions instead of instead of errors in some cases. Um, that was something that seemed to be put off to, to six. And I can't remember an example of other um, other RFCs or suggestions that have been kind of punted back. Um, but I, I guess the main thing for me is as long as someone is keeping track of all of these things that get shut down with, ah, oh, fuck it in six. Like, Because if, if people just keep applying with that and then it gets dumped and then the, the conversation goes dead, then is has someone got a little to-do list of what six is going to be? And, and well, if so, what's, what's the criteria? What's the criteria the conversation to often, get often moves off, off, off official paths, but it never really dies. I mean, okay. if you put time and in, in effort into an RFC, you don't forget about it. So you keep coming back over and over again. Like the guy who done property accesses, Clint, he, uh, he worked really hard on it, and, and he keeps coming back, and, and he will until it gets in. That's a nice thing about having the RFCs on wiki.php.net is we do have this record of things that we've talked about and you know we've we've got a spot where you can say not yet as opposed to to no. <laughs> yeah. It's it's never it's never completely a fuck off. It's just a maybe get lost for now. Um, well, I mean, what goes into the language is up to all of us. I mean, the, this language doesn't have a BDFL, so you know, getting something into language sometimes just means having the right timing. Um, <coughs> go to um, to make that happen. Okay, um, so are there any things you guys can think of recently that have been punted back to six that you'd love to see happen that you feel like aren't, aren't happening at the moment? Uh, honestly, all the things that I, I think I would like to see happen have gotten through the RFC process to actually um, to become a thing, uh, especially since we now have uh, Splat and Variatix both um, approved and going in. Yeah. Uh, those are two of my favorites from five six. I was pretty excited about them, yeah. uh, which which means that, which means that chances of name parameters are looking surprisingly strong. Or am I being overly optimistic? <sighs> name parameters is going to be that without engine exceptions. Sorry, Nikita doesn't want to finish that without engine exceptions. Oh really? Why is that? Because he just doesn't like the implementation without them. Okay. Well, perhaps those two together. Yeah. Could be that justification. That that yeah. makes sense to me because I have wondered why name parameters seem to go completely cold. It it, it there was a lot of progress on there's a lot of discussion around it and name parameters in general and there was a lot of things happening on the on internals and then and then um, uh, very addicts went in and then like a month or two or three later the the splat operator the argument unpacking that got voted in kind of recently I think uh, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. a I month just... ago yeah I remember threatening to break people's kneecaps over the over the Christmas period for that one. Um, <laughs> no, he's going to pass Christmas. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was it was the uh, it was the Christmas party. So yeah, before that, um, <laughs> I was threatening people's kneecaps at the Christmas party. Whatever. Uh, but that that seemed like a really good um, a really good RFC to go in, and that that did very well. 
And uh, I was actually impressed with the way that the conversation for that largely kept completely on track. There have been a few times where the conversation got like truly what the fuck a few times, but it always seemed to be fairly on point and there wasn't like mm -hmm. this weird counter trolling that often happens. And, and, um, and Nikki, Nikita did a very good job of, uh, of just keeping it on track. So that went in and that was great. And then name parameters just seemed to have not done anything. And I guess if he's waiting for engine exceptions, then that would explain where it is. Yeah. Uh, would you say engine exceptions is likely to make it into uh, likely to have to to be a version six, or is that looking to be five six? I I think that kind of has to be a next major version, personally, um, because that's going to change the way a lot of people's code works and, and responds to to bad events, um, particularly in the in the error case, because because errors are um, there's an assumption that a, that an e error is non-recoverable. And making an exception makes it something that you expect to be able to recover from. So I, I think it's going to take a little bit more work than that. Yeah. I mean, I was talking to a few people. Um, I was chatting away with Anthony um, over beers, mm -hmm. so it might not have been hugely accurate. But he was explaining that, um, and it's the same stuff that Nikki's been saying, that a lot of the things that are currently defined as fatal errors in PHP don't shouldn't necessarily be fatal errors, right? right. So there's a couple they, of things. It's not... It, it, they, I think Zeev was explaining that with a fatal error, the entire point of a fatal error is that um, a fatal error is completely unrecoverable. The system's in a mess. Recovering from it would be too difficult, and then everyone would just get confused. So by turning every single fatal error into a, oh, no, it's fine, carry on, do what you like, would be really just bad for everyone. Um, but I think what, what Nikki and Anthony were both talking about was trying to make uh, some of those things not actually be fatal, or they're, or they're not as fatal as, as they appear. So things like, this method isn't available, don't cry about it, just carry on, because we can probably just not worry about it. But but then there's things like, um, uh, you run out of memory, like fatal. Mm -hmm. that, That's that pretty fucking fatal. fatal. Yeah, there's I mean, nothing you can do about that, apart from like, sorry mate, you're screwed. Um, I did actually have a, a drunken suggestion to Anthony that he didn't hate, um, and that I hadn't thought about, was um, there could be an instance where uh, you set up essentially like memory transactions. Uh, bear with me a second on this. Um, obviously, if, if you're about to do... The instances where you run out of memory are usually you've tried to read a one gigabyte string into memory and you don't have enough. And those are recoverable, right? Because you, you tried to read this one gigabyte right. string, it failed. Oh, look, you've still got all of your memory left. Great. Um, the ones that really cause you to run out of memory are when it's like, uh, you know, 500 kilobits, 500, 500, 500, 500, 500. And then you get mm -hmm. to this point where halfway through you run out. And you've still only got 500 left, and that's not even enough to do anything useful with, right? You just it just craps the bed because there's nothing mm -hmm. you can do because you have all this stuff. I came up with a suggestion of somehow kind of like database transactions. Um, you could start the like, you could you could define a point, just run a function or something that says I'm going to start doing something in a big old fucking loop, and if anything fails, it should pretty much get back to the state of where it's here. Then you run through this loop. If it completely fails, it runs out of memory. It goes. Pfft, Get rid of all of that. Anything that was registered after this this event was started, get rid of it, and then you can carry on. Like he said that that might be a good idea, but he might have been pissed. So <laughs> is that does that so, sound crazy or? That's something we could totally do if PHP extensions were written in C plus plus. It'd be really easy to do that. Um, turns out they're not. They're mostly written in C. Um, and one of the things that extension authors right now rely on is. If I call emalloc, it will either return with a valid pointer or it won't return at all uh, because it's thrown a e error and, and fallen out. 
Um, changing that semantic would just be brutal to, to, to any existing extensions. Um, and it would take a huge, huge refactor of the, uh, the main source tree to, to, to make it work right. The code would set fault because if email at return no, all the code is referencing something that it knows is there because the email always returns. Right. So it would actually set fault, it would be fatal. You right. couldn't really do that. That would be bad. <laughs> okay, so sod that plan, that's not a, that's not a route you could take. Well, it, it, it is a route you could potentially take, but it is fraught with such perils and pain, and you would, there's not enough beer in the world. Okay, that makes sense. <laughs> Until I learn C enough to be actually good enough to do it, then no one's going to bother. <laughs> no, well, that's, the, other um, thing you can, the other thing you can do is uh, raise your memory limit, because if you're running out of memory, then you could just raise it. Yeah, well, that makes sense. I mean, I, I guess that, that sub-question was just something I remembered whilst talking about the stuff in general of how a lot of things, a lot of things are currently classified as fatal errors and therefore uh, a lot of things are classified as fatal errors that shouldn't be that concerning. Like they are kind of recoverable in a way or could be made to be recoverable. And he was that, saying that, okay, that the same thing could happen. If, if you said a minute ago, if you, if you return from a, a non-existent function call, the same thing would happen that would happen in C. You would be calling functions on non-objects, wouldn't you? You yeah. Well, that depends on where you put that error handling. I mean, right now that error is thrown from the find function uh, path, and obviously that can't just now return something recoverable because um, the, the the actual caller has not has nothing to call. But if you move that thing down a bit so that the um, Zendex send call function, I think, um, if the error is down there, then it can just return failure because it wasn't able to call a function. Yeah. Right. Uh, more generally, though, um, I mean, we added the E um, recoverable error in like 5.2 or 3 or something like that. Um, and that's what that's for, is for all these extensions that have been th uh, throwing E errors when it's not completely an E error, but because they don't know how to deal with it. Um, yeah. Those can all be converted, well, largely be converted over to E recoverable error. Um, and I think that effort should probably be started. I mean, now, I mean, there's a lot of places in the engine where we can switch those E errors to E recoverable errors. So if we get that, the, that occurrence of E error down to the things that are genuinely URF'd in this situation, yeah. then we can um, turn E recoverable errors into exceptions. Hmm. I mean, it seems to me as well, like, um, just by trying to convert a lot of, this this whole section of, of us talking is about me trying to work out if um, if the error exception situation uh, or the RFC is really as much of a BC issue as people are suggesting it is, right? So um, with these things where people are, are talking about, well, I guess I guess whether things are recoverable from fatal or not isn't really an issue with BC at all because it's a it's a case of uh, you the, the only difference you're going to see at the moment if something's a fatal error. Then you're going to get a little bit of you're going to get an error message pop up saying fatal error you fucked up. Whereas if you implement mm -hmm. this RFC, then what you're going to see is un uncaught exception you fucked up, and it'll be the same thing but with the backtrace, right? Well, the um, trouble with that is when somebody cat is says I'm on five seven, so I'm going to catch that exception and I'm going to do something about it. But because the 
because that bit of because that bit of C code was originally expecting the uh, request to be aborted, it hasn't cleaned up after itself. If you continue on, then something is in a state where it shouldn't be, and maybe you are in the wrong caller reference frame, or maybe you uh, have uh, some global that's been set to null, but it wasn't ever expected to be null. Um, there's some later on circumstance that's going to be fucked up. Uh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Um, Joe, anything on that? No. Oh, okay, well, you know, bye. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> now that sounds cool. I mean, the reason I'm interested in this, obviously, is because um, name parameters are something that I'd really fucking love to see. And if if, um, if error exception, error exception obviously is something I'm interested in as well. Um, and uh, if, if those two, like if, if name parameters is, is blocked by error exception and error exception is, you know, going to be such a big issue that it might have to be 5.7 or... Oh dear God, six. Then, then that's something that interests me because I, obviously, I want them, so I want to know when they might happen. Um, it it seems like a bit of a bit of a tricky one. I mean, is five seven even on the roadmap yet? Like, where where are we at with five six and? Uh, five six has been brought above. There's a five six branch, so um, five seven is going to be the next. Technically, thing. master is five seven. Yeah. It's oh, okay. Yeah. So it's, I, I think I saw that 5.6 is kind of reaching feature freeze-ish, not quite mm -hmm. yet. Like, no, don't do anything crazy and big. How far away is the 5.6? Is this all public information that I can find on yeah. a wiki? I mean, okay. It, it, yeah. it is, yeah. <laughs> what um, would be, may, uh, can you throw me the link for that? Because I feel like a lot of people don't know what that is. I certainly don't myself. Um, well, there's, there's our release process, which is documented in the, the RFC wiki, and that talks about how we want to get a new minor release out each year at roughly the same time each year. Um, and we know that 5.5 was released last summer, so 5.6 should probably be released this summer. Excellent. Um, I, my memory clearly isn't good enough to remember that it was summer, so that's the problem. Uh, um, it might have been May, I can't remember. Cool, okay, well there we go. So 5.6 is gonna be five-ish, six months away somewhere, maybe earlier. Um, that, that sounds interesting to us. Well, ultimately, um, it all comes down to the when it's ready policy of release. So, <laughs> okay, so PHP takes the approach of uh, we will aim for this, but we're busy. It's not done yet. Shush. Wait. Well, five six, for example, was supposed to be released in like February or something like that, and it got delayed because of um, sorry five five is what I'm going to say. Um, but it got delayed because. Of, uh, I think it was Zen Optimizer was ultimately yeah, the main culprit there. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it, it don't get released when it gets released. Was uh, was Zen Optimizer tricky to get in? Did you have to like crowbar that into place, or, or was it? Uh, well, it's not really even in. I mean, it's just dumped in, <laughs> in the extension folder. You can't even compile it static at the moment. Really? Uh, yeah. So it's, just so it, in there, really. it's literally just like a, a default enabled extension that you don't realize is an extension. Is that how it works? Yeah, it can't be compiled statically, so it's not even default enabled then. Yeah, well, it's, de it's, de it's uh, not not it's it's not default loaded. No, I mean you have you have to configure it with the uh, Zen extension mechanism in the oh. INI file. Um, yeah. But yeah, you can't compile it static. Huh, is that likely to change at any point, or is it close enough done? Um, Lawrence had a pull request open since about three days after it was put on 
GitHub. I mean, he fixed it. Ah. Uh, it just hasn't emerged. Oh, that's sad. <laughs> well, maybe now that it's been brought to to memory, someone right. can change that. I mean, that Any sounds like... Dev, if you're watching, get on that or put someone on that. <laughs> Wait, who 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 would be in charge of kicking that process off? If I actually have a little bit. Sorry, I Joe. Andy can order somebody to do it. <laughs> yeah, someone someone needs to get an order. Uh, I think Dimitri. It would probably fall to Dimitri to actually do it. Most things fall to Dimitri. Yeah. Ah, poor guy. Well, um, I think that brings us pretty close to the uh, to the full hour. Um, We've actually been obviously on here for two hours because that was a fucking process getting onto Google Plus. So <laughs> I'm glad that it worked out in the end, and I'm really grateful that you guys stuck around. Um, yeah. Actually, before before we wander off, uh, seeing as the double claw is right there on on uh, over Sarah's right shoulder, um, it reminds uh, reminds me, MadeInProduction.com is uh, is a new website run by uh, myself and uh, Zach Kitzmiller, the guy with the beard that you see on here now and then. Uh, Sarah's waving, yeah. making noise, Sarah. Ah, thank you. That's the that's the double claw you're pointing to there. <laughs> uh, so if you would like to get a T-shirt with the double claw on it, go to MadeInProduction.com. Um, it's like twenty bucks, and that goes entirely towards, uh, I guess, uh, my drinking habits and and Zach's children. Um, so <laughs> that would be uh, and and Kim and Kim gets most of the money, to be honest. Um, so I'm going to go and spend more of that money on her immediately because we're really late for dinner. And uh, once again, I'd really like to thank you guys for joining me on the show. Um, it's been awesome having you on here, and I'm so fucking sorry it took so long to get set up. <laughs> and thank you, Kim, for putting up with with Phil sticking around with Google Plus. I'll, I'll tell you. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you very much, guys, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Cheers, Phil. Cheers.